Welcome to The Workplace, where we talk about the cultures we work in and how to make them better for everyone. I'm Andrew Scarcella. This episode, we're talking with Beryl McManus about how to recognize the progress you've made without resting on your laurels. She'll discuss her holistic approach to building a culture of empowerment and recognition and share a few inside stories about the success they've had at American Airlines during these less than conventional past couple years. Join us after the interview for Tangible Takeaways, where we'll talk about the ideas and actions we can take with us and implement in our own workplace cultures. Beryl McManus is the Senior Manager of Recognition, Events, and Engagement at American Airlines, where she's worked for an impressive 21 years and counting. Since assuming her current position in 2017, McManus has worked on a number of initiatives to strengthen her company's culture of appreciation, including their employee recognition program, Nonstop Thanks, which allows team members to recognize their peers right from a mobile app on their phones. When COVID hit, this program was put to the ultimate test as airlines were hit harder than most companies by the dramatic drop-off in worldwide travel. Undeterred, American Airlines doubled its efforts to support its employees and, as you'll hear, managed to inspire 100% of its leaders to utilize its recognition program in 2020. If that's not a measure of success, I don't want to hear what is. Beryl was interviewed by me, and she had so many insights into the power of recognition, we could have gone on for hours. But don't worry, we kept it tight so we could bring you only the shiniest pearls of wisdom in our episode today. Let's get to it. Hi, Beryl. Welcome to the workplace. Hi. Thank you so much. It's lovely to have you here. I'd like to start out where you started out, your very first job. What was your first job? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, actually, where I started, and I'll share where I started at American Airlines, um, mm, was in Tucson Reservations as a reservation sales rep. And What's interesting about this is I love the airline industry. I have several family members who work for American Airlines and always wanted to come over here. And I happened to be living in Tucson, Arizona at the time, and the team was hiring for people in the office. So I came in and went through a pretty extensive interview process and fortunately was hired on. And I spent about five years in that area. Uh, what I will say is that really, to me, was an excellent place to really learn all about the airline industry, all about American Airlines, and the leadership team in particular. They were so fantastic because their focus was how do we make sure the team here feels really cared for? How do we make sure we're doing things on a regular basis to get people excited about coming to work, get them excited about the airline, help support them, um, especially as we take calls from people all around the world and learn all about our routing, our product, and ways that we can connect people. Um, and that really got me. And, you know, once you come into the airline industry and you learn all about it, 
you get very excited and you want to stay, but it's really the people that help shape you and make you want to stay your entire career. And that's absolutely what happened in that office. So your your very first experience with the workplace culture at American Airlines was, it seemed very positive right out of the gate. Sorry for the airline pun. <laughs> I love it. That. <laughs> it. It was. It was incredibly positive. I still go back to thinking about all the things that the team did and how we really felt like a family there. Uh, they really made sure that we built the relationships with one another. Everyone supported one another. But we also had a lot of fun. So if there was a holiday, if there was something going on in the city of Tucson or in the state of Arizona, we would mark that as an occasion and maybe have a meal together or they'd bring in gifts or just walk around and say, hey, today is National Taco Day. So guess what? We're bringing everyone tacos and we're going to do a little celebration and decorate. And you really felt like people cared and they were excited for us to be there and really wanted to make sure that we were doing the best job possible, which was fantastic. And I've seen yeah. it throughout my whole career here. If you don't mind me asking, what was your very first job? <laughs> my very, very first job was working in retail uh, at the Limited at a mall back oh, in the day. Okay. I know, I'm really throwing it back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, I did that for my very first job. I think I was 15 at the time. Better than Abercrombie & Fitch. Oh, nice. Say that. Nice. <laughs> you learn a lot in retail too. Um, really, I mean, it's it again similar to the airline industry. It is a very much a service industry, and learning how you interact with people and how to understand what their preferences are and how you can assist them and really knowing your product and what you can offer that's that makes a big difference. Yeah, it really set the tone, huh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Speaking of tone, I just want to shift a little bit to the pandemic that we are still in, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I know the airline industry was one of the first impacted by the pandemic, and it really hasn't let up nearly two years later. However, you have managed to keep the company and the people thriving. I'm curious, what was your approach at the beginning, and how has it evolved? Sure. Also a great question. It, it's fascinating to look back now. Um, no one could have ever predicted the pandemic would have turned out the way it did, the extent of it, and, and how much it affected everyone. Um, you know, we immediately, as we realized something was happening, wanted to make sure, again, that we continued being focused on well-being, health, and safety of our team members and our customers and put a lot of things in place right away. But when you really get into the pandemic and as it took time and as it kind of wore on and became, you know, more extensive in how it affected us, our travel dropped down pretty significantly. Um, and also then as it would pick back up and drop again, we really focused a lot on what is it we could control? And when you think about that, it is our people. And again, going back to how do we keep them supported? How do we help them to feel valued and appreciated? We wanted to make sure that we were not taking things away, like our recognition programs. We wanted to make sure they had access to our systems. So if they wanted to focus on learning, focus on thanking one another, just supporting one another, that we did that. 
And we took a page out of a book we saw somewhere where our team members said, you know what? Maybe I'm not out on the front lines working at an airport or working a flight, but I know people who are. And I want to make sure they know that we care and we're cheering them on behind the scenes. So we took some time and collected photos of people who were holding up signs saying, thank you so much for your work. We appreciate you. You're doing a great job. We're here for you. And then we shared that on our company intranet to let everyone know, hey, we're all behind you. And if you're in day in and day out, we support you no matter what. And, and that really helped. I think people appreciated the fact that we wanted to connect them with others who maybe couldn't be there with them, but really felt like they were, they were doing a great job. As time wore on, and as things have gotten a little bit better, we also continued to just double down on our programs. Um, we found great work that people were doing, and we wanted to recognize them for it. So as time went on and the payroll support program was passed, first part, second part, third part, uh, we had a lot of team members who really spent a tremendous amount of time fighting for this, all the way up to our CEO. And we wanted to make sure they knew that this was a big deal and making sure that we're taking care of the team as a whole is important. So even if you're doing that work behind the scenes, we still want to thank you for that. And we would do something special and, and give them an award and give them some time with the executive to, executives to say thank you. Hmm, I love that. So I know you've said uh, in the past that resilience and grace are two of the values you cite as essential for a culture to continue thriving through uncertain times. Tell me how these two values rose to the top of the food chain in your workplace culture and why they're such an essential part. Oh, absolutely. Well, resiliency is one of those things that is huge in the airline industry as a whole. Uh, we have a lot of change. It, it, it can be volatile at times. Um, certainly there are ups and downs and our team is amazing at really being able to do a lot of work and take care of people regardless of the circumstance. Whether things are going really well, whether things are really busy, whether things are a bit quiet and they're only working with a handful of people, that's what our team does. They really can come together and focus on how to take care of people and do a great job. So that is huge. And during the pandemic, when things were tough, that became even more important because it took months and months and months to start getting back to a semblance of normalcy um, and having people know, hey, there is light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to get there uh, was huge. That said, having some grace through it all is also critically important. Um, you know, we have a lot of things coming at people. Uh, the world has changed. It is challenging. We are operating uh, a little bit of a different operation than we have in the past. And, you know, making sure everyone understands what the new regulations are and as things change, depending on your destination, um, other things throughout the pandemic, of course, being able to take that in and understand that people can be frustrated, um, understand that people may be confused and we need to explain here's what's happening and here's what you need for travel is, again, important because at the end of the day, taking care of people and providing good service is 
what we do. That that is the airline industry. We're not just transportation. We're we're here to help provide a good service for everyone. It's true. It feels like uh, you guys have been cultivating grace for decades now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, the team is amazing. We've got a tremendous amount of wonderful people here. And, uh, you know, seeing their stories day in and day out and some of the things they do is is just, it makes me very happy to see. They're wonderful. Mm. Uh, just out of curiosity, is there any... Is there any story in particular that really stuck out to you that you'd like to share? And no pressure. You know, I don't want you to blow up somebody's spot. But <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think of a lot. We recently had our Chairman's Award event uh, about a week and a half ago where we celebrated our top 100, the best of the best at American. It's an annual award we have. Um, and, you know, there are a hundred amazing stories that we saw in there. But I will say the thing that kind of threads through all of it is every single one of the people were doing something to care for others. And there were stories like, hey, I found a new process because our, our world had changed because of the pandemic and it made it easier on the team as a whole so we could be more efficient and still get all the work done despite, you know, being a bit constrained. Then there were people who said, hey, I I had a situation where I could take care of another team member who was dealing with a challenging time, and I stood up for them and made sure they had what they need and were cared for, and that's another good one. Um, you know, there's one that also came through, I heard a while ago, and this was a separate situation that happened. We had a team member who met someone in Charlotte, I believe, and spoke with a woman who was working there, um, not for American, different organization, and found, you know, she was trying to save up money to have her teeth fixed. And she talked to her for a little bit, got some information, and you know, this woman was really just working hard so she could eventually do that. And our team member basically the next day went in, contacted the dentist or orthodontist and paid for it all for this person as oh, a wow. surprise and as a thank you. And this is such a good example of who our team is and how people make these connections and say, what can I do? What can I do to make someone's day or life better? And they do it. And they don't do it with any sort of prompting. That's just who they are. What an incredibly personal example of uh, recognizing someone. That is wonderful. One of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you is that, and this, that, that was a perfect example of this, <laughs> you've managed to do something really incredible for such a, a complex international organization and that's build a true culture of recognition where appreciating people is second nature mm -hmm. in your journey was there a threshold or a sign that you've achieved this quote-unquote culture of recognition or is it really just always a work in progress you know i think some people you know it, it is a journey but they want to be like how do i how do i know when I've, when I've gotten there? Mm -hmm. It is definitely a work in progress. Um, I, I always say to my team in particular, we're never done. 
We're never going to sit back and say, okay, we've done it. We can check that box. Um, we're always evolving and we're always looking at how we can do better and do more to meet people's needs. That said, there are some good indicators of how you know what you're doing is working and starting to move the needle. And what I saw over the years is as we spent more time making recognition easier, giving people the tools to help their team feel appreciated, we got different types of questions and we saw different types of uh, feedback come in. So the example I'll give is when we first started a few years ago at really how do we make recognition better and how do we build this culture, people would say, oh, we have a program or I, I didn't realize I could thank somebody. Over time, as we really went out there and literally sat with team members and showed them, here's what we have. We're going to give you more access. We're going to give you a mobile app um, that OC Tanner has. We're going to integrate into Outlook. We're going to basically put recognition where you are. The questions then became, hey, I want to recognize my team. Is this the right tool or is there a different award we should consider? So instead of people wondering if there's recognition or wondering if we even had a program, now there's this understanding and awareness, hey, we have this in place. What if I want to do a little bit more? Help guide me through that process. And that to me said, we've built the awareness. We've got people in that habit of thanking people. And now they're interested in how they can do more or do better. And what other opportunities are there? So that was a great indicator to me that we have made change. But I would never say we were done. We always want to continue to hear from our team members, understand what works, what doesn't work, what could be improved, and then take that feedback and that shapes the direction we go over time. Hmm. Now, there are a lot of ways to measure how healthy your, your workplace culture is. Uh, I'm sure you use a lot of them, a wide variety, but... Which method do you use as a gut check, as a, a quick indicator that things are going all right? This is also something that's evolved over time. Initially, we looked at volume of recognition. So we would look at how much recognition was sent or received as a whole. So are people using the tools that we had in place? That's a great starting point. But then over time, what we started looking at was how about we see the use and reach? And what I mean by that is when we look at use, we would say of all the leaders in our company, what's the percentage using our tools? So if you're a leader, are you using it or are you not? And last year we actually reached 100%. We had 100% of leaders use our recognition programs, That's which huge. is pretty amazing. That was a fantastic way to say, okay, every single person is using the tool. So then we said, okay, now let's start looking at reach and how do we help there? And reach really is how many of our team members are being reached by recognition? How many of them are receiving something? So we've got all the leaders using. Now, how do we make sure all of our team members are reached, whether it's through an e-card or a nomination program or even a service anniversary, 
how do we do that? And we haven't quite hit 100% yet, but we're getting there. We're certainly above the 85% of people being reached over a year. So that's really an area we're looking at. Then what will be coming next is we're then going to drill down a little bit further and say, okay, I love that every leader is using our programs and hopefully every team member is being reached by our programs. Now, how do we kind of build that up? So as a leader, I want you to use our programs, but I don't want you to only use them once a year. So how do we get that cadence to go up? And if we get that cadence to go up, we know that they're going to be creating more of those positive experiences for the team members. They're going to be building a stronger connection. And again, that to me always results in higher effectiveness and, and people just generally feeling more valued. Hmm. I think it's a real testament to how much success you've had with this program that you are not just beyond usage, you know, getting people to participate. You mm -hmm. are you know, at the point where you want everyone to you know, be receiving and engaged and doing it frequently, which is, yeah, it's, they're, they're all hurdles in their own right. But I think that first one mm -hmm. is tough. Awareness, participation, once you have that, you know, then you can, you, you know, you're sort of off to the races, right? Yes, absolutely. So I'm not sure if I love the term, the great resignation. <laughs> Jury's out on that one. But mm -hmm. it's hard to deny that organizations around the world are struggling to keep their talent uh, or attract new talent or replace the talent they've lost. Do you think that struggle is just inevitable in this new normal, this new climate? Or do you think it's maybe a sign that too many workplace cultures have failed to evolve and adapt? Mm. It's an interesting way to look at it. I, I think really through this pandemic, people have reprioritized what's important to them. So as a person who is just in the workplace, where in the past you may have valued, um, okay, I'm going to have certain perks or benefits or other things that really just come through, that's still important now. But when everyone kind of went home or things slowed down, the connection, the care, the level of someone noticing me and appreciating me for who I am and what I do really rose to the top. And I think that's what we see now is if you have a workplace culture where there isn't a focus on that and it feels much more transactional, someone just saying, oh, here's here's a, another thing that you can have, but not really any meat behind it, not any sort of personal, genuine connection, then you, you don't feel like you're as valued at that organization. And I feel like what we've done here is we've really focused on making sure our team feels cared for. And what are the things we can do to help make sure that our leaders are connecting with their people, that they're thanking them for the work they do, that they're listening to them. And that, to me, is what keeps the culture strong. I think as we go through this, and and I agree, the great resignation is is a, 
an unusual term to use, but you see it out there. People do have choices, and they want to be in an organization that really cares for them, that is going to put them first and keep focus on them. And that's what we were really doing. Mm. I've often found that workplace culture is a great way to have your brand or just the um, the draw for new talent to spread by word of mouth. I feel like that's the, the th- thing most people will talk about. The, the, it'll drive them to recommend uh, a company more than you know, perks or salary or something like that. Do, do you agree with that? Do, have you found that as well? Yeah, I, I, I would to a degree. I mean, again, I, people are, are never going to turn down perks and benefits and other things. That's always going to be a nice, nice yeah, to have. Always going to be perks, right? Right. <laughs> but you think about just personal needs as a whole and that, that feeling of being a part of something bigger than you, of having people around you who care, that support you, that champion you, that that to me is is what's going to do it. Um, and if you have all these perks, that's great. But if you just rely on the perks and you don't have that basic need met of really helping people feel like they're part of something, then I, I can see where you could potentially lose people. When you think about the next decade, right, looking forward – what issue looms largest for you? Uh, it could just be in the airline industry. It could be for all international businesses. What is that that one thing that that just is casting a shadow across the next decade? <laughs> I'm not sure if there's necessarily something different. I, I would say we still are going to be very much focused on well-being and safety of our team and our customers, and that that isn't something that would change over the next 10 years. But how we look at it, how that shows up, how we need to adjust our business to make sure we still do that, that's what I could see being a little bit different. And and certainly what we saw through the pandemic, um, you know, being able to be nimble and address anything that comes up where we're still meeting those needs and making sure those are top priorities and delivering on that is going to be critical. And I would say even outside the airline industry for businesses operating all around the world, that that may have risen to the top where it hadn't before. But fortunately for us in the airline industry, that's always been top. Um, it just looks a little bit different as as you kind of work on what is it that you do specifically. The other thing I think is interesting is the topic of well-being as a whole. I think historically there was a feeling of well-being is very much, okay, you're you're going to get your physical or do these few key things with your health, but well-being is so much bigger than that. And it, there's a recognition of that as a whole in the world now that your well-being is your health, your mental health, your how you balance things, how you set boundaries, how you stick with those, how you support others. It's much bigger, um, which I'm glad to see because I think we really look at people as their whole selves 
And how do you help someone um, make sure that they're taking care of their whole self and you're providing them support in all of those aspects, not just one sliver? If you could snap your fingers and remove a corporate buzzword or phrase from the universe, what would it be? (laughs) I would probably say engagement if I picked one. And I picked that because everybody has a different definition of engagement and there isn't really an agreement on what it is. So you don't see a lot of movement in this area. I'd rather get rid of that altogether and focus on something different. So let's stop talking about engagement and let's talk about well-being or appreciation or great work that people are doing and stop trying to define engagement as this nebulous thing. Um, I think people like using that word but don't really know what it means. That is so true. (laughs) Who are your heroes and who are your villains? Hmm. The heroes part, much easier. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say our team as a whole. They are absolutely my heroes. Um, Seeing the work that they do, both uh, the team that I have as well as our team as a whole, it's really been amazing. I I come in every day and I'm just floored at the tremendous amount that people do and the care that they show. Um, Villains, that one's a little bit tougher. I... (laughs) (laughs) I think um, people who lack empathy, who lack care, feel a little more like villains to me. But, you know, you never know what someone's situation is. And I don't believe someone truly is villainous. Um, They may just be a bit misguided or lack some awareness. What advice do you have for other leaders looking to improve or grow their own workplace culture? Focus on building connections with your people. If you know your people, you get to know your people, you listen to them, you will know how to best appreciate them, how to best care for them, and your people are your biggest and best asset. So you've got to take care of them. What's the last thing you read that stuck with you? A book, article, tweet, what have you? Mm. Uh, Professional Troublemaker by Lovey Ajay Jones. Fantastic book. I could not recommend it enough. Uh, She is a straight shooter, provides great advice, and if you ever have any doubt in yourself or you're not sure, this book will inspire you to believe in yourself and go for the thing you want to go for. It's a great plug. We're actually hoping to have her on the podcast. Oh, she's amazing. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> Describe the workplace culture of your dreams. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Hmm. Well, it's a place where people want to work together, and want to do more for the greater good. Uh, I see it every day in my team, people who are getting excited for things they can do for others and the impact it's going to have overall on the organization and the people around us. 
I think if you find a way to have a culture and you have the right people and that is their view, that is their focus of what can I do to make things better for the greater good, it's perfection. Um, it's really amazing. And what you can accomplish is is way beyond what you could even imagine. Um, and like I said, I see it with my team day in and day out. That's really the group we have. And I feel like that's why we've been able to be as successful with what we've done. Well, Beryl, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think American Airlines has been and, and will continue to be a, a shining example of just what you can accomplish with workplace culture and recognition. And it's absolutely essential to have you on here sharing your your insights and experience with everyone else who's chasing that same dream. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Now it's time for Tangible Takeaways, where we take three ounces of big ideas and grind them to a coarse powder, place them in a recycled cone filter, and heat our filtered spring water to 195 degrees before pouring it through the grind, elegantly unleashing our ideas' subtle notes of toasted coconut, clove, and hazelnut, and some of its less subtle flavors like lemon drop, chicken cacciatore, and do I detect a hint of kimchi? First, is that if you want a benchmark for measuring success with your new recognition program, a reliable indicator may be when your employees reply to surveys with fewer responses like, oh, we have a recognition tool, and respond more often with something like, is this the right tool for recognition in this particular situation? It reveals that you've brought the program into the mainstream for your teams, after which you can begin to build out more specific aspects and uses that employees can deploy across a variety of situations. I know you won't rest on your laurels, but it's good to recognize when your recognition program is working. The second is that if you're diligent enough to reach a point where 100% of your leaders are using your recognition program, it's then time to start looking at the percentage of employees that are being reached by that program. It's clear from the research that when employees feel cared for and recognized for their work, they are happier, more productive, and do better work. Just imagine the impact of reaching every single individual at your company with powerful recognition and respect from a leader or peer. Only then can we possibly take our laurel crowns off our heads and start weaving them into makeshift daybeds for the teeny tiniest workday siesta. More of a micro-nap, really. I'm just resting my eyes. I'm... The third is that if you're like me, 
and happened to have some airline credits held over from that canceled trip to Cancun for the summer of 2020, why not cash them in on a trip to somewhere a bit more antipodean? Like South Island, New Zealand. Finland's not the only place with fjords, people. At night, you can hike up to the University of Canterbury's Mount John Observatory and gaze starstruck at the majesty of the Milky Way, unfettered. Or check out Queenstown, where they have not one, but two of the most accessible glaciers in the world. Plus, everyone has a New Zealand accent there. How cute. This episode was narrated by yours truly and produced by Anna Karap with writing, music, and sound design by Daniel Foster Smith. If you like this episode, or even if you didn't, please rate, review, and of course, subscribe to The Workplace wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a burning question about workplace culture or a story about why your workplace culture is the best or worst, send it to theworkplace at octanner.com. The Workplace is sponsored by OC Tanner the global leader in engaging workplace cultures. OC Tanner's Culture Cloud provides a single modular platform for influencing and improving employee experiences through recognition, career anniversaries, leadership, and more. If you want your organization to become a place where people can't wait to come to work in the morning, go to octanner.com. of a micro nap, really. I'm just resting my eyes. I'm...